This copyrighted podcast is presented by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. The opinions and views shared by those of non-paid guests on the business of blueberries are those of our guests and do not represent the views, positions, or policies of the USHBC. The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. Welcome back to another episode of The Business of Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. Now, the success of our industry is thanks to the efforts of many people over the years, volunteering of their time and talent so that we can all benefit. Often those people get their start by becoming a part of one of our committees. Today, we are pleased to introduce a new process for this that we think will make this even more accessible for anyone who wants to get involved. So here to talk to us about USHB's committees and some of the changes that are happening in that process, I'm joined by Shelly Hartman, the USHBC chair and owner of True Blue Farms, as well as our vice president of engagement and education, Amanda Griffin. Shelly and Amanda, thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Business of Blueberries. Thanks for having us. Such an exciting topic to talk about today. Yeah, this this is going to be a bit of a different episode. It is exciting. Glad to have you both here. You know, Shelly, maybe you could just share with us how this last year has been for you leading as chair as USHBC, some of the highlights from your perspective. Oh, I have to say it's all been a highlight this past year. We've accomplished so many things as an industry and we've really come together and we've had some great spring and fall meetings that were uh, educational and inspirational and uh, really exciting times for our blueberry industry. So I think the last year is just the beginning, the foundation of better years to come. Well, I know we have really appreciated your leadership and uh, I know you're not unfamiliar with podcasting. I think you even have your own show now, which is a highlight uh, of other areas of the things that you do over there at True Blue. But to get us started today, maybe you could share us a little bit more of the importance of the committee structure historically from your perspective, you know, where it's come from to where it is today. And then, of course, we'll talk more about where it's headed next. Well, you know, one of the things I guess I think about is I got involved with this industry and the council many years ago in the beginning inception and a little bit past maybe. And I really liked, you know, the engagement and and bringing everybody together and learning a lot more about our industry. And of course, because I was inquisitive like that and I wanted to participate, I would always ask, how can I get involved? What can I do? Where do I start? And so I had my beginnings as a regional rep here and I had went back and forth from an alternate to a regional throughout the history of my volunteerism, but, you know, I learned so much along the way. And one of the things that was always kind of surprising to me was, you know, when people would ask, including myself, how can I get involved uh, more? What more can I do to serve this industry? It really wasn't a clear answer. You know, you get on a committee and you start at a committee and then As you continue to participate and your strengths start to show, 
then you may get moved to another committee, which is great. So along the way, I've been on multiple committees, but I really never felt like I was being used to my full ability. You know, on some of those committees I was on, they weren't my area of expertise. I I learned a lot, but I felt I could bring more to the organization, you know, by participating in things I knew more about. So I was allowed and promoted, I guess you call it a promotion, to the promotional committee. And from there, really dug in. So I always had an aspiration that if in the event I was ever in a position to recommend a change or to make things better, uh, one of the focuses would be on the governance review so that we could make it easier for people to participate or be able to answer a question, how do I get more involved? Okay, here's what you're going to do. So, you know, that's kind of where I came from. And I know that I speak for a lot of people. And so, you know, with you coming aboard and myself being new, uh, I thought it was a great time to tackle that for the good of the industry. And really happy we did because we were able to uncover some really good directional information and recommendations from Jim. That's right. And I think, you know, part of the timing of this, of course, is, you know, to your point about the answer to some of those basic questions, like, how do I get involved? I certainly, you know, my early tenure as president, uh, even specifically at Tri-Cities, which was my first uh, industry gathering, our fall meeting there in Tri-Cities, I remember very vividly being approached by someone who wanted to get on a committee. And at that early stage of my tenure, didn't have answers or it really perspective on what that next step would look like for somebody who was seeking to get involved and serve. Uh, And I remember reaching to Julie and saying, Julie, you know, uh, so-and-so here wants to get on the committee. You have a one pager, they're asking all the right questions, like how much time's involved, you know, are there terms of service, you know, where can I go see basically the menu of options that would allow for somebody to participate on. And the answer to that from Julie at the time was, we don't have anything like that. That hasn't been something that had been a focus of the organization or a system or a process essentially that had been established for, you know, how you answer that question. So it's, what's interesting to me, Shelley, is I bet like you and everyone who has become a member of a committee to date, they all have very different stories as to how they essentially arrived at service onto the committee. Yes, I, I would have to agree with that. And I think, you know, when we got Jim involved and Jim did a a fantastic job, I felt, of doing the USHBC governance review. Most of the listeners um, have probably met him. We had him at our fall meeting talk a little bit about the new governance structure and kind of engagement of the industry of professionals and growers that we work with. It was great. And I think, you know, by him doing that, it really uncovered some of our strengths. You know, we have a lot of strengths. We have a number of industry professionals and growers that are so involved. It's clear sign that people value the organization and they have a strong sense of community. And so that's great. But I think it also uncovered some areas that we could particularly grow in when we came to organizing the committees and getting the right people in the right seats that brought their best self forward to make our industry even better. That's right. And and the one thing that he did in terms of kind of a gap analysis and Jim, you know, did spend that time kind of surveys and interviews and looking at what our current structure is. And then what, what 
really worked in terms of timing was we just approved our strategic plan. So part of this, of course, wasn't that we didn't see these gaps. It was, you know, we needed a strategic plan that would help inform that gap analysis into what we need going forward from here. So, you know, part of his challenge, or at least our operational interest and needs were, you know, where does the new strategic plan take us in terms of opportunities for people to serve? Uh, what expertise, to your point about, you know, what industry interests are there today uh, that need to align with this new strategic plan in terms of service and committee structure. So a lot of work, uh, you know, by Jim went into that at our request and in the commission of the services. And Jim's known in the industry, to your point, you know, he worked on the NABC strategic plan. He's somebody that, you know, has become better known in the industry as somebody that works alongside helping us, you know, look at these issues, opportunities, and really brings a best practice to an organization like ours from all the different clients and organizations that he's worked with over the years. So we were in good hands. Yes, I I have to agree. He did an excellent job. You know, and and not only did he clarify and and review for us, uh, he kind of went over some guiding principles for us and talked about the different structure, you know, our new structure and most people, we've sent the email out and uh, they've been able to see the new structure in a graph form. A, it's kind of a picture form where it talks about the new look of the council. And I think that was most helpful to a lot of people as well. And he also, what I liked, and this is kind of where Amanda comes in, is that he clarified that you know we need to focus on engagement, opportunities, and how to get people involved when they ask those questions. And then with Amanda and your help and everybody coming together, putting together this package uh, where people can actually go online and put together their application and talk about where they feel their areas of strength would bring to the industry. So I think it's a great process as we move forward into the new year and get ready to decide you know, the next step for aligning uh, the right people with the committee structures that we have in place. That's right. And it's a great point about the engagement piece. Obviously, Amanda is our vice president of engagement and education. Amanda, you know, we're going to talk about a lot about what's changed when it comes to the committee application process, because we didn't really have one before and how people get started. And you've got a lot of experience in this, you know, coming from the association side, but maybe we could start by just talking about what opportunities are going to be available as Shelly was describing, and who should kind of make sure to listen extra close to this episode to understand what to learn about them as we move forward into that application conversation. Yeah. You know, I like to say the world is our blueberry for opportunities that we have within this volunteer sector and in this new structure that is created to allow for more of the industry to be more involved within USHBC. You'll notice if you were um, to take a look at the application that really it's a one form for all of our committees, advisory boards, subcommittees, and task forces that we hope to create throughout the year. So um, one of the things that I really like about this is if you're in a position to serve and give time fill out the form because one of the things that we're going to use with this form is the task forces. Those are going to be created, some of them on a need basis for projects and for development of different pieces. So to be able to indicate your passion and where you would like to serve, it's sort of like a, a database of volunteers for service throughout the year. Yes. And this is going to be a great step in a direction where, you know, again, whether it's at a future event or it's simply somebody new getting into the industry and asking that 
initial question that you were talking about, Shelley, like, how do I get involved? We, we now have a process, a system at which we will be able to point them. And I think, you know, I want to talk a little bit about how that system actually plays out in its relationship to things like term limits and appointments. And we'll talk more about that. Uh, but first, before we do, let's take a quick break for our crop report. Peru has passed the peak of their season and we're seeing some more activity from Mexico and Chile. So here once again is your blueberry crop report. It's time for your blueberry crop report, an update on crop conditions and markets from important blueberry growing areas. Today you'll hear from Luis Vegas in Peru and Nestor Vega in Mexico. This was recorded on December 14th, 2022. Hello, this is Luis with the crop report for week 49, which is the week ending on Sunday, December 11th. So up until the end of week 49, Peru has shipped a total of 538 million pounds of fresh blueberries worldwide. From this overall volume, 53% has been shipped to the US, 31% to Europe, 14% to China, and 2% to other destinations. Also, from the total volume shipped, 12% have been organics. What happened during week 49? Well, a total of 7.5 million pounds were shipped. 65% of this volume uh, has been shipped to the US with approximately 4.8 million pounds, which are expected to arrive at the US market during the last week of December and first days of next year. 27% of the volume shipped during week 49 has been sent to Europe, 7% to China, and the remainder 1% to other destinations, including Canada, Costa Rica, El Salvador, India, Panama, Saudi Arabia, and Thailand. So that's a report until week 49. Thank you. Hi, this is Nestor Vega, and this is the report for Mexico. During week 49, Mexico exported 2.37 million pounds of fresh to the United States and 85.93 thousand pounds to other destination, destinations. A total of 2.46 million pounds of fresh blueberry were exported. From this volume, 18% was organic blueberries. The exportation volume is 25% up from week 48. Finally, in frozen, Mexico exported 40.63 thousand pounds, around 9% more than the previous week, and it represents 2% of the United States imports of frozen during week 49. That's the report from Mexico. Well, thanks so much to our busy growers and colleagues who take time to participate in these reports. As a reminder, you can go to the new USHBC website where you'll find our data and insight center to see more data of what's happening in the blueberry industry, including USDA shipping price and movement, our retail category performance reports, the Nielsen monthly retail and sales reports, and much, much more. So we're always working on that, but be sure to go to ushbc.org forward slash data to check that out. So Shelly, let's come back to you here. You know, we saw in the research from Jim that there were some specific gaps in terms of how we answer questions like terms of service or time spent, like how much time are these meetings or how many meetings do I do we hold as an organization? I know I get a lot of questions kind of along those lines when people are wondering about their service to our organization if, if they were to come onto the committee. So maybe you could speak to the importance of this as what we learned from Jim coming out of this research project and the and and the restructuring of the governance uh, from your perspective? Well, I think one of the things, we really didn't have uh, defined term limits. And 
what that created was a lot of great people that were always serving and that took up a lot of their time and they invested so many years volunteering for the industry that, you know, other people, I think, stood back and said, wow, like, is this a lifetime volunteer position? You know, like, how long will I serve? And what is the term I will serve? And what's the time? How much time will it take? And those are great questions. So Jim dove in and, you know, we decided to kind of put some term limits in place to make sure that we were always rotating and being really considerate of people's volunteer time that they're putting into the industry and then opening that door by the new structure of the committee so that, you know, new and upcoming or people that want to, you know, volunteer more and their lives change, you know, people's lives change. And I think it's a great way that Jim kind of married it all up and put together this uh, recommendation for the term limits that we ran with. Yeah. And I think in part, you know, marrying it up to what the governance of the USHBC also represents. So if you're a commissioner today on the on the council, there are limits, you're serving terms. And, you know, that kind of came forward out of this project with Jim that uh, the committee structure should operate similarly for the same principles at which, you know, the USHBC board operates. And so, yeah, your, your time is going to be confined to terms. And I think to your point, I know we talked uh, when Jim was coming on board that, yes, it was, you know, when we laughed a bit about it being like a Supreme Court justice that he was asking all these same questions like, well, how long do these folks serve? And, and well, until they don't, well, how long is that? Well, it depends. And I think, you know, to point out that the way it currently is structured is that it's the chair of the USHBC board that actually has a power of appointment for all the committees and the power to remove members from those committees. But I think, you know, my early experience here, and I would say it's probably been true for you and as chair that you're, you didn't jump into the chair role to pull people away from their committee services and responsibilities. So we really didn't have a system at which a chair or anybody would want to remove people from committee work. So then you're just left with, you know, people who want to come on and then at some point, you know, a liability or at least an understanding that just adding people to any committee wasn't going to be tenable as interest continued to grow and, and being able to serve. That's right. And also we looked at the size of the committees too. You know, if we have the same people volunteering year after year, we're grateful for that. But, you know, how big do we want these committees or task force to be? And that can get out of control too. Yeah. And so I think these best practices and, and you know, to kind of speak to where I think this application gets us and, and encouraging both the current committee members who want to continue to serve and anybody who has thought about serving to the industry, you know, this application becomes a, a key piece of the process. And to Amanda's point about, you know, where we see the added level of engagement, uh, there's a lot that is in this application in terms of places you could serve and ways in which, you know, you, Shelley, will be looking at all these applications to consider service. Um, but it, it's a process that starts with this application, and that's an important place to be able to turn people towards when they do want to serve. And so maybe we could speak specifically, Amanda, to what's in the application. You know, your charge was to kind of put something together with your experience, uh, both in your past organization life, but also what you saw in our industry leadership program application process. And so, you know, what are the similarities and differences and, and what will people see when they go to the website to fill out their application? 
Yeah. So it's funny, as we go through this process, I'm starting to dislike the term application as much as it is an intention form or a form of intent to want to volunteer and serve. One of the goals, as you know, putting together a committee is to get a group of individuals that have a wide variety of experience and levels of which they have served in their career within the industry. So you get folks from across the board. And so then that's very similar to the leadership program. So what we tried to do with the application process was to allow folks to, you know, fill out the top nitty gritty. So that whole first section of the application is just your applicant information. So who you are. But then once you dive into the qualifications, the part two of it, this is where you're allowed to tell us how you've been involved within the blueberry industry and what positions you've held within the industry and and also how you want to see the industry shift and where USHBC fits into the role. And so that we can really match up individuals within committees and subcommittees and task forces that all provide differing opinions. You don't want everybody with the same opinion in the future of that committee. But it isn't a qualifier as in you are not qualified to serve if not selected. It's more so just getting that group of individuals together that makes sense for that year's committee or multi-year committee, task force or subcommittee. So really those those qualifying questions are your opportunity to to share your vision of the industry and less of a qualifying if you're qualified to serve. It's just more so giving your vision on the industry. So um, the final piece in the application, too, is your engagement, where you've served before, both within the industry and within your community, and then your interests and goals. So again, it's 22 questions, which seems rather long, but that includes your information as to what company you work for. So some of the questions are easy ones, and some of them may require just a little bit more thought. But all in all, again, I'd like to rename this event eventually to an intent to serve form or something along those lines. Application just, I feel like, has a little bit of of weight as in folks are selected or not selected based on if you're qualified or not. And that certainly isn't the case with this process for calling for volunteers. Yeah. And I think what I like about this application process is the fact that it asks you to indicate which committee you're interested in. You can pick one, you can pick all of them, but the next part of that application process is that you're asked to rank those in order of your priority as a person. And and I would just kind of throw this over to Shelley that that really hasn't been how we've necessarily handled placing people on the committees. Historically, there has been a, a responsibility by the organization to place alternates who didn't make it to the board onto committees. And so it was less about, you know, what do you care about or what what are you passionate for? And it was more of we needed to place certain people certain places because of their role as an alternate onto the USHBC board. So this this changes all that. This is more of a uh, kind of like what you're describing. It's not an obligation to serve. It's an intent to serve approach to the new committee structure. Yeah, you read my mind, Casey. It was going there. I was thinking about, you know, the way that we had been doing it, that if you were uh, chosen uh, to serve on the council or an alternate, in most cases, you were chosen to serve on a committee. And maybe, you know, some of those weren't aligned with the volunteer requirement of time that it took. And so I think by asking people, where they would like to and and their time that they want to volunteer be best spent, I I think it's great. And I really liked what you said, Amanda, about really it isn't an application. You're right. It's more of an intent 
to volunteer to our wonderful industry and it's not an application, so to speak. So I, I really do like that idea of changing that up a little bit in the future. Yeah, it's it's an opting in. It's not an obligation for. And I think this is going to be a really important kind of cultural shift from our organization process that I hope people will appreciate. In particular, you know, when we talked about term limits, it is a three-year term. Initially, you may serve for three years and want to reapply. You know, there's an extension of that that you could apply for another three years if it works with what's happening in your career or your life. And then you could serve a total of six before you'd have to step off for a year before reapplying. So I think, you know, in both my services, somebody in association manager, and I think you'd say the same thing, but this, this allows for some fresh, you know, new blood, a healthy rotation of leadership, volunteerism into the organization uh, that lots of organizations, certainly this is Jim's recommendation and it kind of mirrors up with how we operate the board. Uh, so committees will be starting to adhere towards essentially term limits and, and volunteer limits uh, related to our committee structure. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I was going to say about, we all, we like to focus on the fact that this allows for the the new blood to get involved that we've, you know, received questions on how do I serve? How do I get more involved? But I also think it allows those that have dedicated a lot of their time in the service already to rethink where they want to serve. And maybe it's not necessarily in the role that they've been in. And it allows folks to kind of just think through, maybe I want to be more involved within this subcommittee or within this task force. And so I think it's a good refresher as well for those that have dedicated a lot of time, which we're super grateful for already to think through how they want to be involved within USHBC. Yeah, I think, you know, that is so important too, because we don't want to lose our past, but we want to look forward to the future. And, you know, one of the things that uh, when Jim gave us the governance review, you know, people sometimes are very hesitant with change. And it's hard to rethink how is this going to look and where am I going to fit in? And one of the things, you know, I just don't want people to think, wow, that was fast. This has been a work in process for quite some time now with Jim. And there were a lot of people involved with the review and the uh, recommendations that Jim came forward with. So there have been along the way, many, many people involved with this. And uh, we don't take it lightly. But, you know, on the front page of his governance review, he had a quote on there that I thought really kind of put it all together for me. And it says, to live in an evolutionary spirit means to engage with full ambition and without any reserve in the structure of the present and yet let go and flow into a new structure when the right time has come. And the right time has come. And I think we all have uh, been feeling that as an industry. And I think we're moving into the right time. And this is going to be really exciting. I mean, I have to say that as an example, the fall meeting, more people want to get involved because of all of the excitement that the industry is creating with our fall and spring uh, events. And I think at the fall meeting, that was really nice that I think even kind of got people more interested in wanting to be part in volunteer was that, you know, we had that blueberry lane and down the blueberry lane, we had industry vendors down there, you know, of course the snacks and coffees in the middle, but 
what I liked is that, you know, we had the health research on boards in there and it talked about like what they were doing and what direction and people were like, wow, that's so, oh, I didn't know, you know, so we're using all of the space. It's not just, you know, during our meetings or, you know, when we have Zoom or get together in person, but this is a whole picture. We're intending on doing this. This is intention and we're excited about the blueberry industry and our intention is, again, to continue to drive consumption and make uh, blueberries the world's favorite fruit, which it already is mine and a lot of people listening, but we got to keep pushing that, pushing it down the line. Yeah, well, and I think, uh, you know, to that end, you know, you were describing the health uh, halo. And so the health halo section of any show we go to is something that, like you're saying, is is we're committed to continuing to connect that dot with our industry. And the, and the way I think that we've kind of described who should apply, it's kind of like anyone who has an intent or a heart to serve this industry or has a specialty in an area that we're looking for support in, that's who should be applying. Uh, those who are currently serving, who want to reapply, or I guess apply for the first time, but participate in this process going forward from a committee structure standpoint, and anybody who has ever wanted to should be looking at this as an opportunity to kind of raise their hand and, and fill out this application. I mean, we've gone over quite a bit here, um, but I think it's a question of what's next. So what should people do next if they're interested in being a part of our committee structure? Okay. So as I mentioned earlier, the deadline to apply is Friday, December 30th. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. We will put in the show notes the email address and the link to apply so that you guys have them. But feel free to reach out to info at nabcblues.org if you have any questions about the application process or on the opportunities to serve. And then the survey is on the landing page of ushbc.org slash get dash involved. Again, that was ushbc.org slash get dash involved. And on there, you'll hear more about the process to apply as well as the positions that are currently open. And a reminder of the December 30th deadline, then it'll link you out to the survey. So those would be the next steps. Again, we're here if you have any questions. So feel free to send us over an email if you have any thoughts or questions on the process itself. Yeah, well, I think it's one of those, like, be careful what you wish for, because you are going to end up dedicating a lot of time and, and hopefully combing through quite a few of these applications as people turn them in for consideration in this new process. So thank you, Shelly. Thank you to the board. Uh, Amanda, thank you for being on the show as well today. And I'm uh, looking forward to this process with all of you and, and being able to transition to this new systematic approach to our governance structure. So thank you both very much for being on the show today. Well, that's it for episode 122. As Shelly and Amanda mentioned, we encourage each of you to consider ways in which you might want to get involved with USHBC going forward. We will include all of the links in the show notes below, and please reach out to us via email at any time if you have any questions. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family, and hard work right here on the Business of Blueberries. 